Welcome back to the AP World History Podcast. We're going to be diving to our third session here on globalization and look at religion's reaction to that globalization. Um, starting off, let's just talk a little bit about the history here in the West, uh, primarily, because uh, this isn't true throughout the rest of the world. But in the West, we saw a decline in uh, participation in religion uh, stemming from the Enlightenment and the Scientific Revolution with the ideas that uh, religion doesn't solve all the answers because we can figure out what's going on because of science. So why did this massive earthquake happen that killed hundreds of thousands of people or whatnot? Well, it wasn't because God struck it down or said earthquake because people were sitting and doing bad things. Instead, it's because, well, uh, the plate tectonics, the, the, they were rubbing together and eventually after enough stress had been built up, there was a giant massive earthquake that, that did that and the timing was just there. So you have this uh, push towards that kind of thinking uh, and, and that's, a, that's a good trend, but it is a little bit of an oversimplification because there are uh, movements are uh, within the West that uh, kind of show a, a different trend or show going against this and that uh, Buddhism and Hinduism are spread and those ideas come to the West and so you see things like meditation and, and yoga being brought in and being integrated into Western culture although those religious traditions aren't necessarily being uh, brought in as well. Uh, you see Christianity uh, coming back to the West as well in the form of uh, people from developing nations so those colonies that the Europeans uh created and spread Christianity to are now coming back and trying to reintroduce Christianity to those uh, parent countries. And you see Islam spreading into these areas, whether it's Sufis bringing it um, or uh, Muslims migrating to those nations as part of that global migration we see with the global south to the global north, or uh, whether it's black communities adopting it in the United States because of uh, they can relate more to that message there. Uh, than they can to the Christian message. Um, and they feel that Christianity was pushed on them as, as slaves, so they want to resist against that. So we do see some exceptions, but uh, for the most part, the trend in the West has been a downward trend of religious participation, even in the U.S., which has seen a slower dip than Europe. So this has led to, uh, with the globalization bit, um, or that's that, that's been something that's come with Western culture is this uh, trend to push out religion and use science to explain everything. And so religious people or religions themselves are naturally going to have a reaction to this. And so uh, what we see uh, is uh, fundamentalism come about. And uh, what fundamentalism is, is that's a militant piety uh, where uh, they're defensive about anything that comes and encroaches on the religion or is a threat to the religion. Uh, they become assertive in pushing their views out there to try to force other people to follow it because otherwise, um, well, otherwise those people could be a threat or those people, they want to make sure those people are saved uh, or they just want to have the power. And uh, they, they look at themselves exclusively as the ones that have the right knowledge and everyone else is wrong. So even if you're in the religion, if you're not part of that fundamentalist group, you're wrong and you're not a Christian, a Muslim, a Buddhist, a, a, a whatever you're practicing. And... So this becomes a cosmic war between those that are the the right religious, those fundamentalists, and those that are not fundamentalist enough, or those that aren't religious at all. And so this leads to uh, this is going to lead to conflict, and and we're going to see that here in a second. Uh, in the U.S., uh, you can see the rise of uh, Protestant fundamentalism. So these are things like uh, fundamentalist Baptists and stuff like that. Uh, this leads to the conservative movement in what's known as the Bible Belt. Uh, in that, uh, in the in the South, uh, the the U.S. South Southeast, uh, you can see this rise in um, 
push for Christianity and a push for reading the Bible very literally, um, which uh, it's it's your choice how you want to. Yeah, I, I won't go into that stuff. Uh, but uh, it's a very literal reading of the Bible. Um, they they push against science. This is where you see a lot of fight for the uh, the idea of teaching creationism in schools. And uh, this all happens a lot after World War II, and they become a major political force. You can see uh, the 2016 election. The one of the major supporters of the Trump, uh, the, the Trump campaign were were the uh, Protestants, um, the Evangelicals. And although they don't call themselves fundamentalists, and in the U.S. we don't call them necessarily fundamentalists, they follow this fundamentalist idea that you have a strict interpretation of the Bible, and that other groups are wrong. So. Uh, you get me, who grew up in, in North Carolina for his high school years, uh, living in a situation where uh, you're talking with other Christians and they ask, okay, well, what, what kind of Christian are you? Are you a Baptist or are you a, uh, what are you? Oh, you're a Catholic? Um, which I wasn't, uh, we're not going to go into what my faith was, but uh, what, what you saw a lot of, of, of was from Baptists saying that Catholics weren't, um, weren't Christians because they, they worshiped the Pope or they gave the Pope too much power and there's nothing for that and they interpret the Bible wrong so therefore they can't be Christian. Well, um, that's a very fundamentalist view on things and they are Christians. They the, the basic tenets of Christianity are that Jesus died on the cross and that you're supposed to follow these things and you have these sacraments and stuff like that. Uh, the Catholics follow the exact same things as the evangelicals uh, but um, they do it slightly differently, but because of those differences, they they say that they're they're not that. Uh, so that's kind of the U.S. In India, uh, we can see uh, pushes to more conservative views of Hinduism and enforcing the caste system and and uh, wanting to see the government be a Hindu government and not a secular government like it initially started out as. And so this really happens in the 80s with the Hindu uh, or Hindutva. I think is how you say it right. I might have said it wrong, but uh, you see movements there uh, against that. Uh, they really push against the lower caste and them rising up, and so they want to keep things the way they were before. Um, and so again, it's a, it's a resistance to change. Uh, just like the Christianity, there is a resistance to all this modern ideas, this modern science, the, the push against creationism, or the push for creationism is to solidify things because uh, they feel that uh, if you look at... Uh, if you look at the evolution theory and and, create, and the Big Bang and all that stuff, it takes away and it, it, it makes part of the Bible look like they're lying, and so therefore it can't be, it, the whole thing is, is false. And that's, that, yeah. So then, uh, that kind of gets us some other areas of the world. The main, the main area that we're, we're going to focus on here with this fundamentalism that the book focuses on is Islam. Um, and... And I want to start with a preface here that Islam is not fundamentalist in its nature. Uh, it's not supposed to be. It doesn't have to be. But this is where we see a lot of the conflict uh, going on. Um, or at least where it's felt a lot of the conflict has been going on uh, over the last uh, 50 or so years. So uh, part of this comes from in Arabia, a, a, a religious leader named Wahhabi uh, developed a new... Uh, idea on what Islam was supposed to be uh, way back in the 1800s. Um, and so he pushes for this this set of ideas of a strict interpretation of the Quran and that women are, are less than men. And going back to more what uh, it was, uh, what Islam was uh, before um, the modern world and that 
um, that and actually sorry Wahhabi was from the 17th or 1700s um, but uh, uh, it's it's pushing back to more of a very strict interpretation of things and so you've got this fight uh, uh, of that going against the ideas of modernity and Western occupation and uh, the push for a Western uh, a Western style of democracy and and living and uh, again this is mainly in Saudi Arabia uh, where we see that but it also spreads to the rest of of the the region uh, that Saudi Arabia has influences on and so you see things uh, and claims and arguments like uh, Islam is disappearing uh, because it's only going to be in private life, it's not in public life, and Islam has been a very public religion. And Christianity was the same way too at, uh, early on, and not just early on, throughout most of its history, where today now that we have these secular societies, we say, nope, that's your private life. Uh, you shouldn't be able to ask or talk to someone or, or question someone on whether they went to church uh, this weekend or not. Uh, so they, they're looking at that as a, as a bad thing. And that uh, this Western life is not fixing issues or addressing issues like corruption and poverty and urbanization. It doesn't solve any of those things. It says, oh, that's all part of what's going on. And so they look at religion to, as a way to kind of stop that from going on. And they also see threats in it like uh, some will see a threat in it of the, the reestablishment of Israel being taken away from uh, the Muslim Palestinians or the secularized rulers like we see in Turkey in um, uh, and Saddam Hussein and in um, and in uh, Tunisia and um, we'll see the, the 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 again the influence of Western culture going into that uh, into those regions as well especially those ones that um, kind of secularize although Saddam doesn't actually adopt US culture um, but um, you have these leaders that aren't there aren't caliphates anymore which is what they looked for when you had the Ottoman Empire you had a caliphate there and they want to see that again they want to see religion mixing with that uh, and so you see them when they uh, you start to see them push against this and so you see um, jihad being claimed or we need to fight uh, we need to have jihad which is a holy struggle uh, but uh, in, in the sense of what the Quran says, it's a struggle kind of within yourself and outside yourself, but it's not necessarily meant to be um, go and and slaughter the infidels or take all them out or, or lead to physical confrontation and stuff like that. It's, it's supposed to be an internal one that you are addressing uh, what you're doing to try to become a, a better Muslim. And at times it goes outside in, in helping others or, or, or whatnot, but not necessarily that you're supposed to go and, and attack other groups. Um, and so that'll lead to, to groups, uh, again, fundamentalist groups rising up. Uh, one of the examples in Egypt would be the Muslim Brotherhood that challenged the secular way of things in 1928. That's going to lead us all the way up till today when we get to the Arab Spring. And in 2011, Egypt overthrows their uh, secular leader, uh, Hosni Mubarak, and uh, Muslim brother, Brotherhood would take over. But within a year, they'll be kicked out against secular forces. So not everyone's pushing towards this idea, but uh, they get pushed out by the military and the secular forces within the country because the people don't like where the nation is going. They don't like the idea that they're trying to uh, put uh, Muslim uh, Sharia law on things. They want to see things still stay westernized. So you see this conflict going on between different groups uh, all the time uh, throughout this. And... Um, <clears throat> sorry so 
what we see is uh, people on, on an individual level, people going to the mosque more, people deciding to wear modest clothing on their own. Although you might be a woman and you can you don't have to wear a hijab or a burqa, you might choose to wear one because that's your uh, identity. That's part of what you believe in your religion and what you believe to be a good Muslim. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. And uh, you have uh, Sufi mysticism spreading uh, but also at times, uh, if we talk about some of the really fundamentalist groups, they're going to look at the Sufis as an enemy. And so you can see them being persecuted by ISIS when ISIS was was uh, making some major pushes in the Middle East uh, a couple years back. And uh, what this will eventually lead to is individual groups uh, trying to resist and change the government. So I talked about the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt. Uh, that's that's an example of it. Uh, but you can see in Algeria, you see violent revolutions rise up and the military will, will swing down and say, no, you're, you're not doing this. We're not going to that kind of level. We're not going to put that on the citizens. But you can also see the reverse of that happening in Iran, which we looked at last week um, with, with what happens in Iran and their revolution in 1979. And uh, that will then inspire other groups. Like in Nigeria, there's uh, resistance, and we see Boko Haram trying to make a caliphate there. And or maybe I shouldn't necessarily like say a caliphate, but they wanted uh, the north of Nigeria to be uh, uh, ran run on the ideas of uh, their versions of Sharia and and the Quran. And uh, they're being pushed against. And you see Sudan, and that'll eventually break apart into a Sudan and South Sudan uh, because of those religious differences. And we see that in Afghanistan with the Taliban when they take over after the uh, Soviet-Afghan War. Uh, they take over in the 90s. And uh, that'll lead to a very fundamentalist view of things that then the U.S. will come in and stamp out because Al-Qaeda attacked uh, and were based out of the uh, out of Afghanistan. Uh, but the Taliban haven't gone away. Uh, they're still there and they're still pushing their ideas in Pakistan and in Afghanistan. And so you see things like uh, these groups trying to push on Sharia law, which is a, the, the, the law that comes from the Quran. And there isn't a set law, a set of laws from that, but it's laws that they interpret from the Quran. And uh, they can be very strict at times, um, especially with how they uh, deal with women. Since we were just talking about feminism before, that they can't leave the house without a male relative uh, guiding them and that they got to be fully covered up all the time and that they they are just there to be kind of a housewife and stuff like that. Um, we see groups, uh, terrorist groups like Hamas and Hezbollah rise up uh, in and around Israel to fight against uh, Israel and try to uh, take back Palestine. Uh, we see, again, Al-Qaeda and the Taliban rise up to fight against uh, Western powers, whether it's the communists who are fully against religion and try to eradicate that, or the West that tries to push Christianity, but also just secularism, but not get rid of the religion. Uh, Al-Qaeda resists them. Uh, they fight uh, against uh, the Soviet Union when they invade, and then they uh, attack uh, the U.S. in 9-11. And... Um, we, we can go more specifically with Al-Qaeda and dive into that one a little bit more because of the history and the ties to the United States. And, and what happened was uh, Osama bin Laden, who was the leader of it, declared a fatwa or a war against the U.S. to wage jihad uh, in the extremist view of it. And so they attacked the U.S. Uh, on 9-11. But this wasn't the first attack. There had been attacks on embassies throughout the rest of the world, uh, on U.S. embassies and stuff like that in other regions uh, in, the, in the 90s. And... Uh, this this really became a battle between the modern secular view, Western view of things, and it then got Christianity got lumped onto it, um, and then uh, fighting against the fundamentalist Islamic view uh, of things, and so 
uh, it didn't just stay in Afghanistan and Taliban or the Al Qaeda just wasn't in Afghanistan to start with. But we see those ideas of pushing against the West, especially when the West tries to invade Afghanistan and force their will upon it. That leads to uh, more people rising up and saying, you know what, this system is wrong. This global push in things is wrong. And so you see a rise of uh, fundamentalist fighters and groups and, and, and terrorist groups like Al Qaeda eventually leading to ISIS, which goes a few steps above what Al Qaeda does. Um, because of all this fighting and this look of things as a religious cosmic war uh, in the sense of one religion versus uh, another, another's ideas on things. And again, the, the one thing I, I have to say with this is um, that this view and what we see happening with Al-Qaeda is not just a, is not a, is not a Muslim thing. It's not the whole Muslim world. Um, there are some pushes for more Islamist or, or strict interpretations of the Quran and stuff like that ideas, but this isn't something that the whole Muslim world supports in going out and, and doing what Al-Qaeda did. You have many standing up against that and saying this was, was wrong. Uh, but, um, yeah, so we get this conflict that's happened over, over the last now... Uh, well, it's been going on for 17, we're going on to 17 years here in 2018. And uh, just as a counterexample to this, uh, what we see here, um, a nice thing that the book brings in and that we need to talk about is that there are uh, non-fundamentalist groups, non, um, non-extremist non groups that come about to rectify and show maybe a better way to deal with this modern world and what's going on. So there, there are peaceful political movements and whatnot that are that are going. So there's um, the Fethullah uh, Gulen uh, who fight for peace and understanding and helping others um, with their Iman message, which is against fundamentalism, and um, and they try to show and highlight the the similarities of different religions. Okay. Uh, then you got liberal Christianity, which is a Christian version of looking at the issues that we have here in this modern world and going, okay, we've got these issues. The main issue is rich and poor, and how do we help fix those? those address those issues between the two sides and then uh, you've got Buddhism getting um, uh, pushing for movements of socially engaging and going out and helping the poor and reforming the government and, and using peaceful protests uh, which is uh, a great example in comparison to uh, what we see and what we've maybe talked about in uh, Myanmar with uh, Buddhists going and attacking uh, Muslims and other religions as seeing them as a threat so um, it's not universal in what's going on with religion. There are pushbacks to what's going on, but it's not everyone. And uh, there are some really ex uh, far out extremist groups that go in and uh, really change what the world's doing. Al Qaeda being the best example of that, and ISIS uh, uh, being the most recent example of that, of really changing the global perspective and, and changing global events and where things are going. But uh, again, that's not the norm throughout those worlds, those religious worlds and things like that. So uh, that's that's the religious reaction to things. Um, and uh, we're going to get into our last part here and looking at now what's happened with the environment because of all, all this fun stuff that's happened.